And welcome back to Harry Potter and the Reread Podcast. I'm your host, David Jensen, joined as always by my host in crime, co-host in crime, partner in crime. I don't co-host know. in crime. <laughs> uh, there's no crimes being committed today, uh, luckily, but I'm still joined with Kyle Jens. Kyle, how are you? I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. I, I do. Um, how much do you think? I'm great, by the way. How much do you think your original copy of harry potter and the philosopher's stone is worth right so i sent you uh i don't know like a week ago i found this i don't know if it was an instagram reel or a tiktok but it was basically this person was at like a i don't know some sort of antique roadshow style thing it it was like uh it, it wasn't it just um the place in las vegas i went there when i was in vegas once the pawn pawn stars some sort of pawn shop place where they appraise stuff and so they had a first edition Harry Potter book and and they basically said that a like a like a perfect condition first is worth $20,000. And this one that they were talking about so basically they're like it's you can tell if it's first edition there's a spelling mistake on the back if the copyright is Joanne Rowling instead of JK Rowling. And if there's the one wand listed twice in the agreement list. I remembered when we were doing our, our uh, chapter recap for that one, I was like, it says one wand twice. Very early book. on. Yeah. Yeah. So I went and looked and, I, and I, I believe I have a first edition Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. So this one, they're like, oh, you know, the condition on this, we I think she said we'd call it fair because the, the, the what's the, the spine of the book the was creased. And they're like, you know, people, the, the, the book appraiser was like people read these books like they were meant to be read like no one knew they were that it was going to be worth all this money at some point so i think she said they would have given him eighteen thousand dollars for it Mm -hmm. and so i'm curious how much mine would be worth because mine is in a lot worse condition than that because all the pages are not fully attached to the spine so (laughs) i don't know some people are insane for things like that like maybe I don't even like even if it was worth a thousand dollars, that's still insane to me. That book costs like fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh but then would you sell it for that? That's well, the other thing. So if somebody wanted to buy it, I probably would because I don't care. Cause all I want, all I would want would be to make sure I could get a replacement that had the same artwork, which I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. They started recreating the original book artworks. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. You mentioned that because I've been to many bookstores lately and it's always like the illustrated version or there's so many different versions now. So that would be like the one, the one thing I would want is it needs to fit with the rest of the books aesthetically. Mm -hmm. I don't want one of those like more movie style um, covers. I want the, uh, the illustrated cover of a wizard who we never ever really figured out who it was. It certainly wasn't Harry Potter certainly wasn't Dumbledore. Um, so if I could get that and someone wanted to pay me, I don't even know. It probably, honestly, it probably wouldn't be that much. I don't, I don't have a strong attachment. It's a book that the pages aren't attached to. Uh, so I can't imagine anyone would actually want to buy it, but you know, if you're out there and you want to buy it, all you need to give me is some set of money and a replacement copy of the book and, uh, where we could have a deal. Kind of suggest on Instagram if you want yeah. to for that at Harry Potter reread podcast. Because I just want uh, I just want a book that I can read again. Because 
you know, these will get read over again. I can't imagine these are the last times these books will ever get read. I also saw, uh, I don't know if I sent you this one, but it was like a clip from some sort of, you know, Comic-Con style panel. And all the actors were asked to say what was their most iconic line. And that, I should have sent you that one. That was a fun one. Um, so it, there was not a lot of the main actors, um, but Emma Watson was there. And so what do you think her, what do you think she thought Hermione's most famous line is throughout the whole series? It's only, this is the first one that comes to my mind. Yeah, that's what is, I'm looking for. Is we could have died or at worst get expelled. That hundred percent nailed it. Yep. So that one, that one was really good. And what do you think Malfoy's uh, line that he chose the actor, Tom Felton, what do you think he chose? He does it a lot, but just like Potter. Potter. That, that's a good one. But no, he went with my father will hear about this. <laughs> yes. So that's um, also classic. Maybe if I can find those, we can, we can throw them up on our, on our story. Cause those were interesting. Um, interesting interesting thing so probably i'll search for those today so if you're uh listening to this you'll know exact what exactly what instagram reels uh we're talking about but we're not here to talk about instagram reels we're here to talk about harry potter and the order of the phoenix chapter four number 12 grimold place last week's chapter we were both like oh surprise this was enjoyable this week's chapter not the same vibe i it was again context building. I didn't mind it. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It's sort of a meh chapter. It's um, our characters getting reacquainted again. Basically, it is. And and we've talked about this in some of the other books. Like sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to get going, and it feels like this time we're we're not going to hit that accelerator. It might take us a little bit of time to get going, which is fine. There's some stuff to explain here as we'll we'll start getting into. Um, but yeah, not the world's most exciting chapter. I'll, I'll just say that. We're in for a slow burn, baby. I mean, this might be a slow burn uh, season of the pod, but that's okay because, you know, we're talking about it is, is, you know, more fun anyways. So why don't you take us through Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, chapter four, number 12. Grimold Place. Actually, before we take it through it, how do you want to pronounce that word? Grimold. Grimold. I think like Grimold, yeah. Yeah. Grimold I, or the, Grimold. L, the L is pronounced Grimold. Yeah, Grimold is kind of where I might go to Grimold. Pronounce Grimold Place. Uh I don't want to I want to I wanted to see a uh, phonetic spelling. I don't want to listen to it. We're just going to go with Grimmauld and everybody else can deal. They can uh, tell us if we're wrong. Yeah. So, so take us through and let us know what happened this chapter. All right. So we left off with Moody giving Harry this note that said number 12 Grimmauld place headquarters for the Order of the Phoenix. So after Harry reads it out loud, um, Moody destroys the evidence of this note and an old crummy house squeezes its way out onto the street with the number 12 address uh inside the house it's really shabby but they're greeted by molly weasley who 
instructs them essentially to be very quiet as they're in the hallway and sends Harry upstairs to go see Ron and Hermione as all the adults are staying downstairs for a meeting. Hermione and Ron, they're really nice to Harry. They're happy to see him again, but Harry is just a total dick. Um, they say that Dumbledore swore them to secrecy not to inform Harry about anything that was going on, and Harry yells at them a lot for not keeping them informed. He finally calms down a bit, he starts asking some questions, he learns from Ron and Hermione that this is the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix, it's a secret organization that was formed to defeat Voldemort the first time around, and is essentially in a new reincarnation since Voldemort is back. Um, Ron and Hermione themselves have been banned from attending meetings, and so instead their role all summer has just been to clean this old and abandoned house. Fred and George and Ginny appear. Fred and George, they actually apparate as they are now of legal age and can apparate wherever they want. Uh, Ginny appears later as well, and they essentially heard Harry's yelling, so that's what drew them to the situation. And we learn a few interesting things. As I said, Fred and George, they can apparate. They have a new invention called expandable ears, which help them spy and listen in on people. Uh, Ginny developed a personality over the summer break. And Percy has been promoted in the ministry, which created a big argument in the Weasley family, and Percy has disowned all of the Weasleys. Um, for that last point in particular with Percy, he actually got promoted in the Ministry of Magic to a role that is way beyond his years, and it's likely only given to him because it's a way for him to keep tabs on Arthur Weasley, as he's known to have close ties to Dumbledore, who is now essentially an enemy to the Ministry. Um, also, I guess had Harry been reading any of the daily profits that he was receiving over the summer, he would have seen that the paper was using his name in jest, making him kind of look like a boy who cried wolf and it was only attention-seeking attention and fame. He's essentially become a punchline in the wizarding community through the paper. Um, the meeting ends. Harry is told to quietly go down to the kitchen to get dinner. Um, Tonks is also in the highway, in the hallway, and she knocks over an umbrella stand, which causes this crash. A uh, large painting that's been covered by a big curtain, it starts shrieking loudly like it's being tortured and starts yelling some derogatory things towards the half-blood wizards and what is going on in her home. At this point, Sirius Black enters uh, and covers the portrait up. Um, and he says, hey, Harry, you met my mother. And that's basically this chapter. So we learn a little bit about what's been going on uh, when in Harry's yeah. absence. And Harry yells a lot. Yeah. Caps so, lock yells. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Two major things going down this chapter, uh, which we'll get to. Harry melts down. And then let's talk. We'll talk a bit about the ministry and what they've been up to. Because uh, there are definitely some interesting tidbits to mm -hmm. in there. But why don't we start with sort of the big uh, the big piece, which is obviously Harry melts down. And as you just mentioned, and my first note here is, there is a lot of caps lock. Yeah. Uh, he loses it. And so as I'm sort of reading this, I have two major sort of thoughts that sort of dominate as I'm trying to form an opinion on, on how I feel about this. He's being an absolute child. There's no doubt about that. But I, but I also kind of get it. Like no one told him 
anything for a month. Um, and he finds out that his friends have been involved in the action. And I get that they think they haven't really been involved, yeah. but they've been more involved than him. And not only has he not been involved, he doesn't know what's happening. So there's that. And he also finds out that they haven't really tried very hard to fill him in on the details. Because as you're going through, you, you made a comment that um, Dumbledore swore them to secrecy. But what he actually swore them to was that they couldn't communicate with him about what was going on via owls. Mm-hmm. There are other ways to communicate. Um, and at some point in this, like, this was the only way it was going to end, it felt like, is he was going to have this eruption of all of his emotions boiling over. And it's not great. It's not a great look for Harry. Um, at some point in the tantrum, he he says that he's handled more things than the other two have and like, you know, which is not really fair or technically accurate. Um, and they unfairly are taking the brunt of this outburst, but the outburst itself is not that surprising. Um, Ron and Hermione know that they are going to get some anger from him. Yeah. I think they They're realize not that. They're not surprised. I think maybe a little shocked at the amount that it was instead of him just being a little bit upset. What I found interesting was how he kind of, Harry's anger kind of creeps up the more you read into it. You he, It describes like the tension that he, he feels finally, in his body and it finally erupts. Yeah, he, he finally lets it out. Because even when he was at the Dursleys, he wasn't, he was frustrated. And I guess he was, you could maybe say he was angry, but he didn't have any outlet. Mm-hmm. He just sat there and let it bubble and bubble and bubble. And, and you know, one of the one of the twins makes a comment like, you can't do that or this is going to happen. And like, yeah, yeah, it is. So, you know, it's not surprising. It's not a great look. The The most like interesting thing about it is that like, it happened immediately. It wasn't like there was much of a trigger. It was, hi, nice to see you. And there's a comment in there somewhere. And he's like, Harry realized that he wasn't as excited to see his friends as he thought he was going to be because he was angry about it yeah. still. Yeah. And you sort of know those situations where you're jealous of something that someone else is doing and then they don't seem appreciative of it and how much that just makes it worse. That I feel like is the the trigger that sort of set off the explosion is Harry and or Ron and Hermione are like, Oh yeah, we've just been cleaning the house. We don't really know that much. And Harry's like, I know nothing. Yeah. You know, more. I know than me nothing. At this point. So, I mean, I guess good that he finally had that explosion. We're going to see how that helps him going forward. Is he going to continue to bubble up and explode as the book goes on? I think maybe yes, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think, Hopefully, this should be the last time he loses it on the two of them for no apparent reason. Yeah, I think there will be other situations that come up in regards to how he's being treated by the ministry and kind of in the public later on. And that might contribute to a lot of it. But hopefully it's the last that we see it Ron and Hermione for a bit. Although we do know that at points throughout the series, it's common for Harry and Ron or specifically, I guess, to say that they have a bit of a route or a bit of a mm-hmm. misunderstanding. Yeah. Ron and or Harriet to Hermione, you don't see that a lot. So that's kind of yeah. different here. They they usually get on the same page pretty quick. Yeah. 
yeah so ultimately yeah i wouldn't call what he did acceptable understandable yes i mean here he is kind of dealing with like you said isolation kind of ptsd i mean it's kind of that that puberty age too at this yeah i mean there's a little bit of hormones going on there's so many different things that kind of add to it that make this lashing out understood and i think maybe so i even remember reading this book the first time around and like it's still iconic to me like thinking back and like i can still remember reading it for the first time and seeing all the caps lock and remembering all the caps lock and all the yelling and stuff that happens in this book it's a very big part of this book and now i think reading it from a different perspective from an older more mature perspective you can kind of see how a lot of this stuff bubbles up and becomes this yeah definitely so there was that and there's not a lot of what he said that matters that much um he mentions a little bit that anytime they start talking about the hearing he just doesn't want to think about it mm-hmm. is there anything else he said during his his meltdown that you think we need to talk about no you you covered it earlier but just like a lot of the really dark kind of despicable thoughts he had about how he essentially yelled at them that he was a better wizard than them and had done a lot more than they did and he saved them from dementors and all that type of stuff the yelling wasn't it doesn't contribute to the story it doesn't contribute to learning more about the situation it was just harry venting yeah to get shit off his chest that he had been holding on to for a long time at this point yeah what does come out after he calms down that definitely does contribute to the story is we learn that the ministry has started sort of an underhanded smear campaign against harry potter's credibility so i would say that this is the most effective thing we've ever seen fudge do ever if his back is against the wall i guess he can figure shit out right like yeah it's a really well thought out plan in regards to you know for a fact that Percy is getting um promoted because he can keep a close tab on his family he's been brainwashed by the ministry at this point too because he's always been so obsessed with his ranking within there yeah um he he, he does some pretty crummy things as well but that's kind of that's later on we'll get to that that. but the ministry yeah how they relate to the using the newspaper to to basically this campaign is yeah and further the stories that that we heard from rita from the last one and we learn that she's not writing anymore because Hermione kidnapped her and threatened her, uh, which not okay, but that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but yeah, just sort of like jabs at Harry Potter, jabs at Harry Potter, underhanded jabs at Harry Potter to the point where they were being not even underhanded by the end of it. And it's just sort of like, here is the main source of communication available to these people they obviously don't have the internet um and it's all saying the same thing and so well obviously we'll talk about it more when we get to school and we see some of the students reaction to him Mm -hmm. but it will be hard to to fault them for it because what you have is the words of a of a 14 15 year old kid and you've just seen the government tell you that he's crazy for a month 
but maybe even longer than a month because this probably started almost immediately after the Triwizard Cup. And we knew that that happened like a month before the school year ended. Mm-hmm. So who knows how long it started them? Like, but this has been going on, we'll call it, call it out of the middle, somewhere like six weeks. Yeah. And it's only going to keep going. They still have a month left of summer vacation, probably. I think that's like one of the reasons why people didn't like this book or it felt slow is because it's not Harry versus Voldemort or Harry versus some kind of immediate threat. It's Harry versus the system. And like this book has got elements of like dirty politics, bureaucracy, kind of backstabbing. And so I don't know. I'm just kind of interested to continue reading this book and hopefully enjoying it from that perspective because the ministry at this point like yeah what they're doing with harry is they're they're deflecting right i think they know that something has gone wrong they know that arty crush didn't just lose his mind sorry i i cut you i was about to cut you off uh but no you're right they 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 know that something is wrong they don't necessarily know that voldemort's bad they don't they don't want that to be true so they're trying to just sort of believe whatever Mm -hmm. And it's, Fudge does a good job. And it's just like, man, it's too bad that this is the one thing you're good at. Because <laughs> imagine you were good at the rest of your job. We wouldn't be having some of these, pro- nope. some of these problems. Um, like, and you mentioned it with Percy a little bit, but his reaction to his family is the exact type of situation that Fudge is trying to create. Yes. He's trying to force people to pick sides. And... The ministry is it's not it's not like our political systems where there are political parties that you're voting for. Like, that's not really what it is. It's a much more shady organization. But it's like this is the government we trust to 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 lead us. And, yeah, there'll be political sides to it, but we don't get it from. I mean, there might be political parties in the ministry of magic. I I don't know, but they don't talk about it like that. Right. They talk about it as. These are the leaders, so why wouldn't you believe them? And and they have their one media source. And I mean, this is sort of the problem with government-funded media and why you need, you know, objective journalism. Yeah. Uh, because the Daily Prophet, like, constantly messaging the same way. People are going to start to believe it, even if they didn't initially. They're just going to be like, they're just going to keep consuming that content. And you're like, oh, okay. like. We're still doing this. Like, there's two ways that type of attack goes. It's like, geez, let it die, or mm-hmm. maybe they're onto something, right? There's no real, there's no like middle ground with it. Well, that's the thing, and like you see it even in our society. Like, what people read, what they read, either in the paper or online, they perceive mm-hmm. it to be true. So when they see that type of stuff being said against Harry, it's true. It's yeah, fact. Um, yeah, and when you have kind of weaker minded people and i think we would count percy in that because he's or single-minded maybe single-minded is a better yeah single focus like his focus is he's trying to drive his career forward and he's he sees what he's looking at which is a promotion and, and all these things that he wanted and what everybody else sees is why are they giving you that it certainly looks like they're giving you that to spy on us and building off of his insecurities like there's an interesting mm-hmm. part in the book where they say that percy told his dad that maybe if he 
had tried harder and wasn't obsessed with muggles because they think it's a weird thing but then they wouldn't be essentially poor yeah. <laughs> they would have had better status so yeah i think that's being played against him too which is super interesting yeah so last week we did a little thing where we started to predict what was going to happen do you remember what your prediction was uh something i got it serious yeah you well, yeah so know. so you thought that we were going to meet creature and we were going to learn all about the serious black family uh we did not do that we did not i thought that we were going to learn that ron and hermione don't actually know anything which was true but then i also thought that we were going to run into creature which we didn't and that we would try and spy on the next on the adults which they did sort of we learned that they mm -hmm. couldn't spy on the adults um and then I initially also was thinking that we were going to run into Sirius. And then at the end, I said, uh, that's too much for one chapter. So Should I think that'll be next there. week. Yeah. So, yes, that will be next week. Um, but there were a bunch of things that I had forgotten about this chapter. Yeah. Uh, with straight up just being, I forgot he absolutely melted down. Just no recollection of that barrage of caps lock. Um, and he did so there was that the creepiest thing that i had forgotten about this is i forgot the house was sort of like their enemy almost yeah and that they had heads of house elves displayed and it was a great honor for these house elves yeah yeah so it's it's not good we get yeah that that was one of the things that i had just kind of the descriptions of the house like i knew it was dark and dank and kind of abandoned because it was the old black home mm -hmm. as, as we will learn but I kind of forgot about the description of just like the snakes like etched into everything all over the place the house and elves on the wall like you said um that stuck out to me and along with the massive portrait of sirius's mom so yeah a lot about the house kind of I've, I've forgot but I did yeah. recall that at some point there was going to be a massive hairy caps lock outbreak yeah so there are a bunch of things in this chapter that don't make sense I gonna start with something incredibly pedantic because it really bothered me and I could be that I just don't know how streets are numbered in England but it sounds like in England uh, maybe I should research this it sounds like they number them one two three four five all along the same side of the road where here in North America it's even numbers on one side odd numbers on the other they do uh, receive posts on Sundays they do receive so, posts on Sundays or they do Saturdays I guess yeah. how are houses numbered in England um my favorite part of our podcast is when we just stop to go on Google things <laughs> <laughs> yes uh I mean our yeah uh they are it seems like they are even and odd on one side of the street so um seems like that this was an oversight in the writing interesting uh, yeah 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 all right buildings so the, are numbered sequential order odds on one side evens on the other okay okay so that doesn't make sense the way that should be all right it's incredibly pedantic but it bothered me um the bigger thing I suppose is if it's so dangerous to speak loudly in this house is this a good hideout it's maybe it's the only thing they got but then at the same time they can create like a little tent and 
shove an entire stadium in it. So you feel like there'd be some alternates that were available. Right. And they talked about how Ron and Hermione had been working on like cleaning it up and sort of like de-dangerifying it. Shouldn't they have done that before they moved the whole organization here? Like, should, couldn't all of the adult wizards been like one weekend be like, we got to deal with this shit? Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's explained in the future, but I don't know if it will be. Yeah, I don't think so. It yeah. seems, again, like an oversight. Um, and if it's so dangerous, why is Hermione here? Did she just say, hey, muggle mom and dad, I gotta, gotta go. Bye. Like, it's probably completely safe for me to spend my summer with you, but instead I'm going to go live in a dangerous house where I can't speak very loudly. What? I just... And She's in not in danger. Of, and put myself in the way of danger when they are specifically looking for people like me. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't... I feel like a muggle in muggle world is way more safe than a muggle in the wizarding world. You'd think so. Because that's not the immediate step that I think the Death Eaters are going to be taking and going after Muggles straight away. Right. So, I don't know. Why are we here? Why are we here? Um, I just I just don't know. Um, anything that jumped out to you that, that doesn't make sense? It's the only thing, and it just kind of came up to me in our conversation. We were talking about the Daily Prophet being used as like this loudspeaker for the ministry and for its actions and ambitions and and influencing the public perception but when rita was there she was writing all sorts of nasty stuff against the prophet so i'm curious how exact i'm and there could be something that has happened in the background that isn't really explained but what changed at the prophet in order for this the leadership change the direction of the leadership yeah. i think they obviously now they want to they, they have a, a plan that they're trying to get at so mm -hmm. that'd be my guess um on the same letter on the same letter uh along the same letter with the paper why was harry not reading the whole paper what else did he have to do yeah that was rookie and dumb he, he had you're right he had nothing else to do read the freaking paper Educate yourself. Just, see what else you, is going on. See what else is At going least, on. There could have been even smaller hints. Remember, it didn't have to be that Voldemort was returned and that was front page news. Right. There could have been small things happening, like he was watching for in the Muggle news. Remember last book when Sirius Black was like, "There's some weird news stories coming out that that we later all linked to Voldemort's return." Yeah, maybe look for some weird news stories. Uh, yeah. So just Harry, just read the paper. Um. And then the only other thing that didn't make sense to me, and this actually really bothered me, the order has been following Harry around. Yeah. Nobody could go up to him and be like, here's what's going on. You don't even need to send an owl. Just send Arthur to be like, Harry, we can't tell you too much. Here's what we know. We know that the ministry seems to be trying to discredit you. We're on it. Um, we're working on a safe uh, hideout that we'll bring you to at some point later in the summer. Um, and there's all, there's going to be somebody here. You won't, you won't see them, but there'll be somebody tailing you in case something bad happens. You got to stick around the Dursleys. And just have a conversation. You don't have to send them that via owl. Just go talk to them. You can apparate. They don't make enough use of apparition. 
Fred and George do. Yes, they don't want to walk up and down the stairs, and I don't blame them. Um, but uh, yeah, someone just go fill them in. Someone just go fill them in. Oh, man. Uh, any other thoughts you had from this chapter? I mean, the only other thought I have is that Sirius has been on the run for two years now. Why are we now going to his ancestral home? He's the only one left. Um, is is Grimold Place now the location because it's safe now or because it's too dangerous to just not make use of it? Like, like why are we going here now? And I don't really know um, too much about this. Again, it, it all kind of feels like if we just use the secret keeper spell to, to make places um, impossible to find, we could have just had Sirius been here the whole time. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't want to be, but now he does. Like, I mean, maybe we'll learn more about that next chapter, but it just seems weird that now all of a sudden we can go here. I'm I'm hoping that we learn more about the history of the house and the history of the family. And I think we probably will, whether it will answer all of our questions or not, that remains to be seen, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, um, any quotes, any quotes you captured for this one, for this just, chapter? Just for some other thoughts. Oh, um, sorry. Of course. Jenny display I, I kind of alluded to it in my in my preview but Ginny develops a personality over the summer uh she just displayed more character and i i think we're slowly seeing more and more of it i guess um i just i liked how she was working with fred and george and kind of finding ingenuity to figure out ways to listen into the meeting so i liked that in her yeah i mean i i think your Ginny now discovers um uh, a personality quote while funny is unfair because I think we've seen some things from her before but I think we're fine like like this is a good chapter for her and, and I'm going to talk more about her later mm-hmm. um but we don't we, we just we don't see it like she just gets cut out of the movie and yeah. so things that she does in this chapter which are which are subtle like they just they they are they matter and we just don't see them and she is an interesting character um but yeah this is a, this chapter was a good example of she does not suck. In fact, you might think she does, and you might think that they have no chemistry whatsoever. But there are some things in this chapter which, you know, prove otherwise. Showcase it. Uh, as for quotes, uh, I had a good chuckle at one part where after Harry was being told that he's being used in the paper as a joke and a punchline, and being implied to be a liar essentially who just wants fame, and he responds by saying, "I didn't ask. I didn't want." Voldemort killed my parents and it's just kind of like yeah he Harry, was, that's that's the thing that's, he that's was he was helping uh, your case that was sort of as he was trying to come down from his outburst and he he hadn't quite recovered but yeah yeah he's not not in the right space uh, I had a quote from Ron here quote about creature who we don't really know about creature too much yet but we learned that creature his life's ambition is to have his head cut off and stuck up on a plaque just like his mother um okay solid okay you do you creature you do you okay so lvp we can go one of two ways we can talk about why it's harry mm-hmm. um which i'll let you take and then i have some non-harry candidates that, that we can talk about but why don't you explain i mean we've just explained it for however long we've been talking but 
give the Coles notes as to why Harry is the LVP of this chapter. Harry is the LVP of this chapter because he is taking his anger out on his best friends, Ron and Hermione. Um, that, that That's the Coles notes. I also, he didn't read the prophet at all. Yeah. Through, and he could have learned a lot more. Well, do, do you think he, do you think he would have noticed? <laughs> You'd have to assume he would see his name being printed and being. I think he would see his joke. name, but I don't know if he would. I wonder if he would be able to put it together. Probably, he. I mean, he, he probably I, would. I think so. I think when he was asked by Hermione, I believe it was being like, "Haven't you been reading the Prophet at all?" He's he kind of got defensive, and I find like when you get defensive in those situations, it's because you know internally, like, "Oh shit!" Like I should have been doing that as well. Yeah. He kind of deflects off of it, being like, yeah. "It would have been front page news." So he just he missed those signs. He he just overreacts to everything yeah. i will acknowledge though that it was probably cathartic for him to just kind of get this off his chest yeah yeah i mean so so the three people i marked down is not harry so number one is hermione i actually didn't really love hermione here she basically just uses dumbledore told us not to send owls and sort of just like that's my, that's her whole excuse well knowing like admitting that she has anticipated how he's going to be feeling about it all like she's smart, she could have found another way to get that thing. I've got a I'm, counterpoint to that. I'm not gonna pick. I'm not gonna pick Hermione, but I, I, I had a little bit higher expectations of her f- from this situation. She's still someone who will still follow the rules to she a will. T. She, Only she when she wants something to. from Dumbledore. Um, I think she needs Harry to kind of push her to do that. Maybe. That's that my, that that's might be my fair. Thought. That might be fair. But it's not Hermione because the other two people I think are legitimate candidates. So number one is Cornelius Fudge. Um, he's having a bigger tantrum than potentially Harry is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his his excuse or his uh, out, output for his tantrum is to use his media conglomerate to tear down a 14-year-old. Um, not great. Not great. And uh, the other one is Percy. And I don't even know if I really need to explain if you've read the chapter. But at some point, Percy, there's a quote attributed to Percy that says, he doesn't belong to our family anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, So not great from Percy either. And I think I'm going to go with Percy here. Because not only does he completely fall for what Fudge is trying to do. He then just takes it out on his parents and his family in one of like the more close-knit family units we see in, in a way that's just not really acceptable. Mm-hmm. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't really accept that. So I I'm going to go with, with Percy. You. I also don't think we both can't pick Harry every chapter. So I'm going to go out of my way to sort of not pick <laughs> Harry some of the time here. We normally, we normally don't pick people who don't even appear in the chapter so this is an that's true i mean we've picked sense but but i mean i think what we learned about percy here is is enough to to, to I, go the other way i agree like we bill and charlie are both mentioned and like bill has made his way back who is dating fleur right i think it's insinuated that they're seeing each other now yeah this yeah, agreed yeah um, and we learned that and charlie's that... also trying to make his way back so like you can tell it's a close-knit family and then percy yeah yeah goes the other way yeah the more interesting try and figure out who you're going to choose is the MVP conversation. 
Mm-hmm. So you might have guessed where I'm going. So we'll hold that for a sec. But where are you going? I I might be going in the same direction as you because I had Fred and George who I considered because they they still continue to show all their ingenuity and it's leading to their eventual joke shot. They were shut out of these meetings, uh, couldn't do anything about it. And what they did is they came up with an invention called extendable ears, which allowed them to listen in for a while until Molly figured it out anyway. So like they're just because they find a roadblock in their life they find a way around it and I really like that quality in them um and then in regards to them learning their apparition and their general humor it's what they do essentially is they just apparate into the room from one floor down instead of using the stairs just because they can and I just I really enjoy that so that's who I considered um I also considered Ginny but I have a feeling you have more to say about her yeah, so I, I did go with Ginny, and she's actually the only person I even considered here. Um, and it starts with the very, the, our introduction to her. So Harry explodes, the twins come in. The twins come in and they start making light of the fact that he just exploded to try and ease the tension in the room, which is not a terrible, it's not a terrible approach. But she comes in and basically... It says like that she comes in with a bright disposition and she just ignores his explosion, mm-hmm. which I think is the right way to handle it in the moment at that time for, you know, the children in the room. Adults, I would expect you to do something different, but she's not an adult. She's his friend. Um, so I really like the way she came at it. And she's basically just like, whoops, that's crazy. Let's just talk about other things. Um, and she goes through um when they're like when he when they're talking about all the things like she goes out of her way to make it clear to him that they are on his side where i feel like some of the other people they just sort of assume that harry knows they're on his side sort of the way they make the way that some of their lines are delivered they're not wrong but there's just sort of like you're forgetting that harry has felt abandoned for a month and has felt like you guys have been doing a bunch of stuff and you need to remind him rightly or wrongly that you need to remind him that you're on his side. So I like the way she did that. And then, you know, she was doing useful things while they've been sitting in this house for a month. She learned uh, uh, how to detect if there's like a, a, basically a listening prevention spell. And, uh, you know, then her mom comes in and she just lies to her like it's no big deal. So (laughs) it's just these chapters like this are like, she has an interesting personality she's she's just as much of a troublemaker as as harry is i'm like harry's the biggest troublemaker in the series mm-hmm. and like that's that's sort of like where they're alike and we never see it in the movies we never see it we see nope. a red-haired woman appear on the screen who occasionally says some lines um so i know i like this chapter a lot for her i, I think we uh i thought we got I, I thought we got a lot out of her um, and we see like this is a real human being with real character traits. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I especially like because like the way that she figured out how to detect if there was a sound barrier spell mm-hmm. was by throwing dung bombs at it. Which I don't know if is that just like little pieces of shit or something. Anyway, she's throwing them, and then her hands are dirty, and Molly's like, "Oh, what is that?" And she's just, "Oh, nothing," and just like go wash yeah. your hands or whatever. So, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. 
I'll know. stick with Fred and George for variants right. because I still really like them in this chapter. Yes, but they were Ginny's, they were entertaining. Jenny is also a great option. Yeah, not much. Not like the, the Weasley siblings outside of Percy were, were doing good stuff this chapter. We also learn, like you said, Bill gave up his job to come back and be helpful, and Ro- and Charlie's going to be helpful trying to make other European wizard um, connections. Mm-hmm. Percy, no, not not along the. Not along, not along for the for the ride. And that's chapter four. We're plugging away. Plugging away. Chapter four down. Only uh, that's the wrong book. Only thirty four chapters more to go. There we go. That next chapter will be uh, chapter five, the Order of the Phoenix. The namesake of this book yeah so i think last week when we were talking about it i think we know i think we know what's going to happen here this this feels like sirius and harry are going to have that conversation we're going to get a bit more info of what the order is we're going to get a bit more info on the house we're going to get maybe we'll meet finally meet creature um i think we're just gonna have a lot of exposition yeah um totally agree with you probably where we're going I'm going to say yes to Creature just because I want to meet him. I think they kind I think of led, we do. I think they led up to it last chapter. This, it would this be chapter weird. that we just read. So it'd be weird to not include <laughs> it, him. It would be weird that we talked about him like four times and then he's not in the next <laughs> chapter when we're explaining how the house works. Um, but could happen. We'll see. It could happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, give us a follow on Instagram. Uh, I, you know what I will say? I was looking at the podcast stats the other day. I don't know why, but I was. Um, and there are people who are making their way through um, the earlier episodes still. So, you know, shout out to those people. Um, Once you get to this episode, shout out to you guys. Yeah. yeah. And if you're all caught up and you're listening week to week, shout out to you as well. Uh, Let we us pre- know on yeah, Instagram. We, we appreciate that people listen. Um we would probably do this if no one was listening anyways, but we appreciate that you are listening for sure. Uh, yeah. So you can, you can hit us up at, at Harry Potter reread podcast on Instagram. You can send us a message. You can just follow us along there. Otherwise we'll be back next week with the order of the Phoenix chapter number five, the order of the Phoenix. I you probably didn't name need to name a chapter after the book, but it's all right. It's all right. I'm David. That was Kyle. Bye. Thank you.